Welcome to the Tiffany Micah podcast. What we do here is build the strength and courage in you to accomplish your big dreams and goals in your sport. No longer will you feel limited. You won't feel you're not good enough. You won't question whether you will make it. Those doubts will disappear because you will have the competitive edge over your opponents and leave them in your wake. And the bonus is others will notice. Listen up and take notes because I will show you exactly how to do it. Hey there, this is Tiff from Tiffany Micah Podcast and welcome to today's episode. If you had listened or if you've heard last episode, I actually shared with you focus, how to reach your potential in sport, business and life, the introduction and the first chapter of the book. Uh, What I'm going to do today is I'm also going to share with you chapter two because I think that going after your ultimate dream, which was what we were talking about in chapter one of my upcoming book, you know what, I I want you to have and work on also your belief as well because if you're not working on your belief and you're not aware of your belief of what you actually need to do to believe in you so that you are actually following and accomplishing your ultimate dreams, I feel that it's really important that I share this episode or end this chapter with you today. As you um, are aware that I will be launching Focus, How to Reach a Potential in Sport, Business and Life, my upcoming book within the next couple of weeks. There will be a pre-launch and I will have a special offer available for you if you will want, if you want to purchase the book. So you will find that out very soon in the next week or so. Uh, and then the official launch will be later in this month of November. So, uh, but what I'd love you to do right now is make sure that you've listened to that first chapter, share with you really about what you need to be doing and what you need to be thinking about to go after your ultimate dream and unlocking some things that could be holding you back. And what we're going to be working on today and what, what I want to share with you today is chapter two and it's believing in you and trusting you. So that that's what this chapter will be all about. And I look forward to sharing this with you. Focus, how to reach your potential in sport, business and life. Chapter two, believe in you, trust you. Keep your dreams alive. Understand to achieve anything requires faith and belief in yourself, vision, hard work, determination, and dedication. Gail Devers. Do you believe in you? This is a serious question. I ask you this at the beginning of this chapter because if you do not believe in you and you do not trust you, if you doubt yourself, you won't achieve your ultimate dream. This is reality. I'd consider that the most important thing for any sports person, business person, and really anyone that has a dream that they want to achieve in their life is to believe in themselves. What is believing in you? This is having the belief that you can do anything no matter what is thrown at you, curveballs, brick walls, barriers, challenges, and that you can work through it to achieve your dreams. I will share with you what happened when I had no belief in me, no trust in my decisions and no self-esteem. I was 18 years old. 
I had finished school and moved to a tennis academy where I would, could pursue my tennis career. I was working my butt off to become a professional tennis player. I mentioned this in the first chapter. It was my ultimate dream. That was it. Nothing else. Just a professional tennis player. I was very clear on my dream. However, there was a problem. It turned out to be a major one at that. I had no belief in myself. Nothing. Zilch. I never trusted decisions that I had made. It's a wonder that I still won tennis tournaments even in my junior years because if you asked me to rate my belief in myself on a belief monitor with 10 being the highest and 1 being the lowest, I would have rated myself at being a minus 2. I purely relied on my athletic skills and the amount of training that I applied on a daily basis to get me through. However, when I was coming against low-ranked professionals on the tour, I would get absolutely smashed. It was humiliating. I didn't know it was the lack of belief that was causing many of the losses, or it was my mindset holding me back. I thought it was the fact that I just didn't work hard enough. I would head back out on the court and drill even harder the next day, train even harder in sprints, work even harder in the gym. I thought that I should just know how to work through it. And physically work hard, I did. But no one told me I really had to work on me, my mindset, my belief systems, my emotions. There was no suggestion of the kind. It was just drill harder from the coaches. And if you lost in pressure points in training, then you just did push-ups. I became very strong that year. Many push-ups, but became worse in tournament performances and on-court skills training. I remember this one particular tournament where I had played, I was drawn to play a well-known Australian player in the first round. She was ranked as one of the top Australian players at the time. I was so nervous I couldn't think straight. My arms and legs felt really heavy, like when you get the flu and your body aches. Your legs feeling so heavy that you struggle to walk upstairs, panting. That's how I felt. My mind was going a million miles an hour. I knew I had done the physical work but I was so frightened that I would make a mistake and humiliate myself. And that's exactly what happened. I could barely hit a ball over the net in the warm-up. I struggled to move to the ball. My legs just couldn't get there. Now this was the warm-up. You can imagine what was going to happen in the match. If I was someone watching on the sideline, I would have covered my eyes with my hands and not even peeked through the fingers to have the odd glance. We began the match. My opponent served and I hit every return out of the court. Not one return over the net and into the court to give me a fighting chance. All the balls went out. Then it was my turn to serve. This was the second game and we had changed ends. I managed to get my serves over the net and into the service box. But then each return would go bang, straight past me down the line, or bang, straight past me cross court. Can you imagine what was going on in my head? Here I was. My belief in myself was minus two and I was trying not to be humiliated. Thoughts were running through my mind. Tiff, you're having yourself on. Tiff, I told you you can't play tennis. Tiff, you've got no hope of becoming a pro tennis player. Who do you think you are, Tiff? You've got no hope. Every time I made a mistake, hit the ball into the net or out, got passed at the net, winners returned down the line across court off my serve. I kept telling myself, you're having yourself on, Tiff. I had lost the first set convincingly, six love, and I was 
and it was my serve to start the next set. I lost my service game. We changed ends and then I got ready to serve again. Now this will tell you my state of mind in that moment. My opponent said, what are you doing? You just served the last game. You know, I couldn't remember serving the last game. I had no recollection of it. I was just in a state of self-destruction. I was not in the game at all. You know that saying, the lights are on but no one is at home. Well, that day, there were no lights on and definitely no one was at home. Guess what the score was for that match? Yes, you're right. It was six love, six love. I felt so humiliated, so devastated, so disgusted. I went and hid somewhere safe behind the clubhouse so no one could see and bawled my eyes out. It was uncontrollable crying. No one saw me, luckily no one heard me, but looking back it seemed to be a turning point for me where I made a decision about my life and my future as a tennis player. Years later, when I was about 35 years old, I attended a personal development course. I had begun to learn and play golf. I saw golf as my chance to become the professional athlete I had always wanted to become. The reason I went to this course was that my tennis demons were coming back to haunt me and I didn't want to repeat history. I was more mature and wise enough to realize that I needed to work on me. In this particular course I attended, the course instructor said there are significant events that happen in our lives and these significant events are when we make decisions about the world. To give you an idea, it's usually around the ages of four to six when we make our first decision about the world. Something significant happens and we make a decision about life. Then when we are in our prepubescent years, say 10 to 12 years, we make another decision about the world. And then when we are in early adulthood, around 18 to 21 years old, we make yet another decision about the world. These three decisions are what shape us into the people we become as adults. If we refer back to the tennis tournament where I felt humiliated, devastated, and was telling myself right through the match I was no good. I was at one of those ages of making a decision about the world. I was 18 or 19 then. I kept telling myself I was no good, and I made this decision then that I wasn't good enough. It wouldn't matter in the future how hard I worked at pursuing my tennis career, which I only pursued for another year after that. I'd keep telling myself I wasn't good enough. I carried that feeling through until the age of 35, some 15 years later, until I discovered what it was that was holding me back from going after my dream. I tell you this story because I don't want you to waste precious years believing that you can't achieve anything you want in your life. It took me 35 years to wake up and become aware of what was going on in my world. When I look back, no wonder I didn't make it as a professional tennis player. No wonder I attracted the wrong people into my life. No wonder I just settled for second, third or fourth best. No wonder I put everyone else before me. I didn't believe I was worth it. In the 1960s, there was a book released called Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Mackwell Maltz. Dr. Maltz, a plastic surgeon, will do facial reconstructions for people who thought they were unattractive. What Maltz discovered was that even though he would give the patients what they wanted, they were still unhappy. They had poor self-image. What did Maltz do? He worked on improving their self-belief. 
You can have all the coaching, attend all the seminars, webinars, training, live events, and work your butt off. But at the end of the day, if you do not believe in you, then, my friend, you won't reach your dreams and your goals. Ask any successful business person or sports person. They will all tell you that it is the number one element for success. You must have ultimate belief in yourself and ultimate belief in what you are pursuing. You can have what you want, but you must be willing to go to work on you. David J. Swartz, who wrote The Magic of Thinking Big, says, believe it can be done. When you believe something can be done, really believe your mind will find the ways to do it. Believing a solution paves the way to solution. When you're starting out, you don't know if your plans are going to work. You have a goal for your business, a goal for your sporting dream, but there's no proof that it will succeed. Well, not for you because you haven't achieved it yet. But if there is doubt in whether you can do this, then this will be the number one reason that will hold you back. It was like me wanting to be the number one tennis player in the world. I didn't know if I was going to succeed, but it was all I wanted. I had the skills, the talent, the determination, the focus and the work ethic in place. It was all there, but the most important element was missing. There was no belief in myself. I did not believe in me and my negative thoughts about me affected every single decision I made. Not that I was aware of it at the time. When I started my sports skills and tennis coaching business after I finished university, I didn't know if the business was going to work. There were plenty of tennis coaches around and we all did the same thing. We all taught tennis. In order for my business to stand out, I had to get out of that sea of sameness and not be like all the other tennis coaches. I saw a gap in the marketplace. It was an opportunity to be unique. No other tennis coaches were teaching sports skills on a tennis court, especially to the younger kids, the three to five-year-olds. There was my point of difference. The point I'm making here that I didn't know if my business was going to work. I had to believe what I was going to do to make a difference and have an impact on children's sport development and social development. It was the same when I moved into the golf industry. How did I know that my golf business would work? I didn't know. I had to believe that if I could be different to all the other golf coaches, offer a point of difference, be unique and specialize in an area that most golf coaches weren't offering, I could create a captive audience. What will happen if you won't believe in you? Let's talk about you. We talked about going after your dream in the first chapter and here I am now asking you what will happen if you won't believe in you. Really, what will happen? You heard my story about my complete lack of belief in me. But what about you? I'm going to ask you again, what will happen if you won't believe in you? I can tell you what will happen. You won't achieve your big ass dream, that's what. You'll be angry, frustrated, possibly aggressive, depressed, devastated, alone, and no one will understand how you feel. They won't get it. It will affect how you treat yourself and how you treat people around you. You won't have any respect for anyone because you've lost respect for yourself. You'll attract people who will control you, 
tell you what to do, put you down, bully you, and of course, you'll believe everything they say, because why would you be right? You'll always see yourself as wrong. You won't go after anything or push yourself. You'll just fall into whatever comes along, because you'll be lost. Everything that you have ever wanted is no longer there on your path, because you gave up on you. That's right, you gave up on you. Get out your journal and write out this question. What will happen if I don't believe in me? I want you to understand and to become aware that if you don't believe in you, you're going to miss out and live life with regret. It took me until the age of 45 to come to terms with never being the tennis player I wanted to be. I was at an online marketing event in Thailand and I was listening to a speaker on the subject of belief and lack of belief. Something went off inside and I cried for two hours straight. I realized I had been holding on to this feeling of a lack of accomplishment since I was 20 years old. That's when I gave up on my tennis career and gave up on me. It was deep-seated, as you can imagine. But it was the release I needed in order to move forward. Don't hold back on you. You are worth it. Now answer that question before we continue. I'll remind you here again, write out this question and answer it. What will happen if I don't believe in me? Okay, so now you have answered that question. What have you discovered if you won't or don't believe in you? How would you rate your belief in you today? If 10 was rated as the highest, where you have the ultimate belief in your abilities, and one is the lowest, where you have no belief whatsoever, how would you rate yourself? If you scored 10, congratulations, you are halfway there towards achieving your dream. There will be more to do than just having a high quality belief system, but this is awesome because you will not question yourself when times get tough, when it becomes challenging and you are tested. You'll have the strength to be able to work through it. Congratulations. If you scored less than 10, then we have some work to do. How to get your belief system up to 10. Do you remember in the last chapter we discussed your seven level whys? What did you discover about you? Did you discover what was holding you back? With mine, it was about not being good enough. As we discussed, every decision that was made from that point forward was about not being good enough. But how can we turn that around to believing that you are good enough and that you can achieve anything that you want to achieve? It's about developing standards of how you believe you should show up in the world, what you should expect from yourself. This will build confidence in you, and when you are confident and believe in you, nothing will stop you. It's time to establish your new set of standards now. Take control of your emotions. You have to take control of your emotions. We control our emotions rather than have our emotions controlling us. Playing sport offers great examples. When we play sport, we can get very emotional about our performance on the court, the field, the golf course, whatever your chosen domain. We get emotional because we care. We want to do well. We want to feel good. We love being out there playing and competing. However, we'll be challenged when we're on the field. 
Remember that tennis tournament I mentioned and how humiliated I felt. I had all these thoughts running through my mind, telling me I wasn't good enough, that I was hopeless and so on. You can only imagine the emotions I was going through. I was upset, frustrated, angry and confused. I was letting all of this happen to me. I was right in the middle of a meltdown and I didn't know what to do about it. I distinctly remember another meltdown when I was playing golf. I had got down to a handicap of 10 after playing for two years and I was about to play a local golf competition with a 17-year-old girl who played off scratch. Watch out, my tennis demons were coming back to haunt me. I felt inadequate and I didn't like the environment I was in. I was always playing with the girl's mother and she carried on and on like competitive parents do in sport. It took me back to my tennis days. All I did throughout the game was I told myself how bad I was, that I wasn't good enough, that I was having myself on. Does it sound familiar? You can see there is a pattern. Different sport, but same reaction. This all occurred because I couldn't control my emotions. Not only couldn't control them, I didn't know how to control them. I didn't know I could. Rather than let the tennis demons revisit, it was time to make a change. You see, if you don't learn how to control your emotions and how to respond to situations that come up for you, you'll always revert back to the same old patterns. Basically, they are habits. A habit is a routine of behavior that is repeated regularly and tends to occur subconsciously, which means we are not aware that it occurs. It's just what we do. A lot of what we do and how we react is what we learn as we grow up. We learn it from our parents, our teachers, our peers, and anyone else that has an impact on us. Are the habits we learn as kids good? Sure, some habits can be fantastic, but others can be detrimental. I'm not blaming parents, teachers, peers, or anyone else of influence, as they have learned their habits the same way through previous generations. However, What we want to do here is to become aware of our habits. What we need to do in this section is to become aware of our emotions. This is the process of how we operate on an emotional level. T-F-A-R. T-F-A-R. T equals thoughts. F equals feelings. A equals actions. R equals results. So how you feel, thoughts, turns into feelings, turns into actions, turns into results. Thoughts. Our thoughts are what we think about, and therefore we believe they are real. They become our beliefs, our reality, what we believe in our world. Therefore, how we think and what we believe will create our feelings. Feelings. Feelings are our emotions. They are how we feel about what we have decided to think about, what our beliefs are. Therefore, we will feel what we believe. Our emotions have a huge range from happy and excited to sad and depressed. What we believe is how we will then feel. Actions. Our actions are what then happens when we have decided on a thought or a belief about something. Then we have backed it up with an emotion to go with that belief. Then this will lead to an action that is in fact a reaction to that belief and emotion that goes with it. Results. This is the fourth step of the process. It will give us the final result or outcome of what we thought, how we felt, and the action we took to get us the result. 
Let's look at the match that haunted me for years. Thoughts. I thought I was having myself on. I wasn't good enough. I was kidding myself. Feelings. It brought up anger, frustration, tears. Actions. Hitting balls out of the court constantly. Couldn't move to the ball. Couldn't focus on the game. Results. Lost the match. Now it's your turn. Was there a time when you went through something similar? In your journal, write out TFAR and an event that happened to you that had a negative result. Okay, now let's look at something awesome that happened. I'll give you an example of a time when I played my best golf. Thoughts, no thoughts, my head was clear, my mind was empty. Feelings, it brought up ultimate confidence and a feeling of flow and being in the zone. I felt invincible. Actions, hitting the ball wherever I wanted. Everything was easy. My swing rhythm was smooth. Results, played my best golf, won a tournament. I'm not saying that every time you go through this process, you'll win a tournament. You may not, but you will have felt as though you have achieved your best. Now your turn. Was there a time when you went through something similar? In your journal, write out T-F-A-R and an event that happened to you that had a positive result. So you can see what happens when you go through this process. Now these were more reactions though, weren't they? You were just identifying how the process works with a positive or negative thought. What if you could control it? Would it improve your performance on the court, the field, the golf course, in the boardroom, in your business? Of course it would. How would you do it? Well, we will get to that in the following steps. Steps to controlling your emotions. Step one, evidence journal. I discovered evidence journals this year, a few weeks before I started writing this book. I was attending a women's networking morning tea And the speaker of the day was talking about an evidence journal. In an evidence journal, you make a statement about yourself for the day. And this helps you see evidence from the universe throughout the day that proves how you show up in the world. It is amazing what it can do to help you realize how great you really are, both in life and with the people around you. For example, write today's day journal and then state how you're going to show up in the world. Let's say that you write, I am strong. Now throughout the day, you'll see things come up for you that make you more aware of how strong you are. So one particular day I wrote, I am strong. And what came up for me that day was, I had strength in yoga to maintain positions. I stayed in the moment. I was present. I have a strong body. I have an athletic body. My mind is strong. I maintain focus on each task I'm working on. I work diligently and work hard. I love feeling strong because I can take on the world. Now, isn't that better than saying, I'm not good enough, I'm hopeless, I'm useless, and so on? Could you imagine what the universe would come up with if you started your day off with that in your evidence journal instead? We are not even going to go there. Our first step is to create your evidence journal. Step two, your standards. Your standards are how you expect yourself to operate on a daily basis, what you expect of you. You want to write out these standards and place them on your wall near your desk or in your bedroom 
somewhere that you can see them every day. For example, some of my standards are, I have respect for everyone I speak with. I write in my evidence journal every day. I wake up at 5am every morning. I work out in the gym every day. I eat a healthy breakfast, lunch and dinner to give me energy and focus. I eat healthy snacks throughout the day to look after my body. When I'm working on my goals, I'm focused and stay present. I set my intentions of what I want to achieve each day. You get the point. But outline your new baseline standards of how you're going to operate on a daily basis. Your second step is to create your set of standards. Step three, control your emotions. Now this is a great exercise to do. You're going to work on controlling your emotions rather than have your emotions control you. Write down these questions in your journal. Question one, what are the emotions that come up for you when you are told that you're not good at something? Number two, for each emotion, what comes up through the TFAR, thoughts, feelings, actions, results process? And number three, how can you reframe each negative emotion through TFAR, thoughts, feelings, actions, results process to give you a positive result? Once you have written out these questions, it's time to get to work. Start identifying and figuring out how you can turn them into a positive result instead of a negative one. Write down and answer these questions below as well so you can identify the patterns that come up for you when you're told that you are great at something. Number one, what are the emotions that come up for you when you are told that you are great at something? Number two, for each emotion... What comes up through TFAR, thoughts, feelings, actions, results process. Number three, have you noticed what patterns are occurring for you? Did you become aware of how you are operating on an emotional level? Okay, so now you're becoming more and more aware. Awesome. For the next 30 days, I want you to track your emotions. Just write out in your journal when you are aware of your emotions. Don't judge them, just be aware of them and express what is going on for you in that moment and how you are feeling. It will enable you to identify how you are reacting and dealing with certain situations thrown at you. As you become more aware, you can then simultaneously work on your emotional standards. Step four, your four steps to emotional freedom, emotional standards. We're going to create your emotional standards. It's time to control those emotions. No more reacting. It's about staying in control. I'm not saying that you have to behave like a robot. It's perfectly fine to feel how you feel. But if you are feeling sad, down, frustrated, what are the action steps that we're going to take place so that you don't go down that path of your former habits? When you notice an emotion that comes up, for example, you feel sad, frustrated, angry or down, the first step you take is to acknowledge the emotion. It's okay to feel this way. These four steps in sequence below are to help you understand how you can learn to control your emotions. It's about taking control of yourself and not letting your emotional reactions hold you back. Number one, acknowledge the emotion. Just acknowledge that you are feeling the emotion you are feeling. Number two, ask yourself, do I want to feel that emotion or do I want to change it? Number three, ask yourself, what do I need to do to change that emotion immediately? This question is asking you how you can completely change it. It may be a physical movement, like jump around or do some push-ups, do a dance, sing a song you love. 
You want to change that feeling instantly. Number four, ask yourself, what emotion can I replace it with that will give me the ideal result I want? Each time you notice your emotions getting out of control, take yourself back through these four steps to give you the more suitable result you ideally desire. There's a lot that you've got to do here in chapter two, isn't it? Do you notice that what I talked about in chapter two was a lot to do with emotions and controlling your emotions and your thoughts? So really at the end of the day, your beliefs come down to what you, how you feel about you, isn't it? It's your thoughts about you that turns into the feelings about you, that turns into the actions about you, and then you end up with these results. So what we need to do is we need to reframe our thinking. So if you're saying I'm not good enough, I'll never make it. I'm having myself on, then that's right. That's what's going to happen. Like I shared in this in chapter two and in chapter one, why I didn't make and achieve my ultimate dream. But I don't want that to happen to you. I don't ever I don't feel that way now. I've changed that now, but that's how I felt then. And so what you have to do, and this is why I wrote the book for you, is to take you on this journey of going, you know what? Okay, it's my thoughts. My thoughts are my beliefs. That's really what it is. So if I believe I'm not good enough, I believe I'm never going to make it, then that's right. But what if I believe that I could? What if I believe that no matter what, I'm just going to do it? How could things change then? And that's what I want you to be thinking about. So throughout that chapter, write down, get, have your journal, get it ready, write down the answers to those questions that I posed to you. As I said to you, the book itself will be launched very soon, so it's good to work through the book as well, other than hearing me just read it out to you. Uh, as I said, a pre-launch coming out very soon. I'll give you the exact date for when that's actually happening, and I'll have a special offer on for you to get a hold of that book. And uh, then the official launch will be it's through mid-November, but I'll give you the dates very, very soon for that. And do those, do those exercises in that, especially the first two chapters, chapter one and chapter two. If you haven't heard chapter one yet, go back and listen to that. And then chapter two, go through that as well. Start really working on you, okay, so that you're de- developing that belief deep in you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Love it if you could share with me what you like best about what you heard today. And I want you to dream big, believe in you and go after your dreams. Have an absolutely awesome day. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet downloaded the number one deadly mistake athletes make, make sure you go to tiffany-mica.com and download the number one deadly mistake athletes make. Share with me what you like best about what you heard in the comments section wherever you hear this episode. Share with your friends that you know that would benefit from these episodes and please leave a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. I would really appreciate it. Dream big, believe in you, go after your dreams, have an absolutely awesome day.